When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on the show, put on your Sunday best because Lore Party's taking you to church. Welcome to Lore Party, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and universes behind our favorite video games. I'm Bruce. And I'm Connor. And today we are talking about the good word in (laughs) the fantastical world material realm and many realms beyond of Tamriel. That's right. Get ready to testify. We're spreading the good word (laughs) of the Aedra, the Deidre. We're going to explain what the heck those things are, even. The might uh, <laughs> of Talos, the mighty tribunal. That's right. Yeah. It, it's so insane how many just deities and mythical figures there are throughout Elder Scrolls lore. Uh, Bruce, I think when you and I started t- planning these episodes, I think we you know, made it very clear to each other, Elder Scrolls is just absolutely bonkers with materials of legend, the thing of myth the creation myths that drive everything, just the amount of stories there are to tell. It's mind-boggling. Oh, oh yeah. I love that it's, it, it's a very lived-in universe, Tamriel, mm-hmm. but it's also a, a very diverse one. But they don't really shy away from that when it comes to the different religions and you know Absolutely. sects, even within the same kind of religion where you can kind of believe in the same thing, but then have these stark differences in you know the different beliefs that you have and these schisms and that really make it seem like a real religion where people fight each other over (laughs) benign differences in their deities right so they got they got that down pat (laughs) yeah the the real world bled into uh tamriel a little bit there like what's what's so interesting to me what's what's fascinating is that yeah there's this there's sort of this commonly accepted collection of of myths and beliefs that sort of drive the world but in that world different cultures different groups of people sort of take different things from that core mythos there's like things that everyone sort of acknowledges but cultures and like you said different divergent sects of the same philosophies kind of branch off into a bunch of different distinct belief systems. I always found that really fascinating. And yeah, that is like real life. Just different groups of people will have different perspectives on things, including Aedra and Deidre. Those are terms that if you've played the Elder Scrolls games, you've heard the terms Aedra and Deidre before. And maybe, maybe not. It's not entirely explained what those two things are, but that's what we're, we're going to get into sort of the definitions, but also the way that different cultures throughout Elder Scrolls history have interpreted those things. Yeah, this is a lore within this lore that Mm -hmm. is very much 
exposed in passing. There's some, you know, significant side quests uh, and maybe some like main antagonists who are like Daedric princes that, mm-hmm. you know, you tussle with, but they seem like it's that very self contained when you then take a step back and look at all these different Adra and Daedra, how they help you, how they hurt you, how they mm-hmm. are very complacent or indifferent to your suffering. There's a lot going on, but I really like uh, the Adra and Daedra. It's very much the Christianity of Tamriel, where it's very much a mainstream, dominant culture yeah. that is also, you know, at least acknowledged to be very, very, I guess, true. Yeah, it's um, it, it is it is funny how you do interact with uh, Deidric princes throughout many of the games, and it's easy to just look at these figures and you know you hear about the Aedra too, the Nine Divines. We'll get into them in a bit more detail later. They're a big example. You hear these things and you just think, oh, those are gods. Those are just okay. Yeah, I'm. That's simple enough. I can understand that they are just the gods of this world. But it like we like we mentioned, it gets wackier than that, <laughs> way wackier because Elder Scrolls lore is wacky to the max and there's like this huge weird big story behind them oh it totally fucking is and (laughs) it's got that like fey medieval kind of wacky crazy mythology then turned on its head right and you see that in its first like creation myth of Mm -hmm. uh tamriel and the world and the material plane it's it's called nern kind of known as like just mundus yeah, Nern is basically like the planet that the games take place on. You know, you hear Tamriel. Tamriel is not the world. Tamriel is actually a continent. Tamriel mm-hmm. is just sort of like, it's, yeah, it's like Europe or North America. It's a continent. But there's a wider world that Tamriel is in called, like you said, Nern. Yeah, so also known as Mundus or the mortal plane. And yeah, as far as I understand, Nern didn't always exist, but the potential for it did. And like any good creation myth, there's a bit of uh, speculation involved. There's kind of a, it's not entirely clear, but what the people of Tamriel seem to understand is that Nern was created by a collection of quote unquote original spirits. These spirits were known as the Etada. And uh, it's, it's said that Nern was created when one of the Etada, a spirit named Lorcan, sort of either played a prank on sort of convinced sort of persuaded in some way or another Lorcan convinced a bunch of his other fellow etada spirits to basically spend their their immortality the the original spirits were kind of always there they were sort of swimming around in the primordial ooze of creation but <laughs> yeah when they when they coalesced into the group of spirits the etada one of them, Lorcan, the mastermind, he thought, what if we just, wouldn't it be crazy? Guys, I dare you. I double dog dare you to create a planet. <laughs> I don't, I don't think you can like, he, I, maybe he reversed psychology to them or something, but yeah, he, for some, in some way or another, Lorcan got other at Ada to basically sacrifice their immortality to create Nern, the planet. You know what? I think they were just fucking bored as hell. <laughs> We've they been swimming were. in this like abyssal ether yeah. for what seems like eons. Can right. we, I would I would kill myself to make a new <laughs> beautiful reality where anything is possible. Yeah, yeah, man. 
But to, but to be fair, to Lorcan's credit, he didn't just get the other Adada to do this. He kind of t- he took part. He actually gave his essence to create Mundus, the mortal plane, Nern. In fact, uh, sort of a cosmically powerful relic known as the Heart of Lorcan still exists in Tamriel. It was the remains of his divine spark, his life essence. It kind of fell to Earth, so to speak, and it's still it's still there. So, you know, to his credit, he did the dirty work too. He put his money where his mouth was. Exactly. So after that, Nern is kind of slowly populated. The Etata are, you know, a collection of when I say deities after Nern was created, like they they Sort of, yeah. But after a while, they kind of become, not downgraded, but just because there's less um, <laughs> power and that like a lot of it's kind of being diverted to Nern and to the moral mm. plane, there's like, you know, they give up the mortality and they start to become part of the population. Humans tend to think of some of them as gods and demons. Mm-hmm. A lot of the mer races, you know, the Altmer and the Wood elves, high elves tend to think of them as just different Adra and Daedra. And that's kind of where this starts to become what we kind of know now as that kind of mainstream Adra and Daedra religion. Right. Yeah. So that's, yeah, like you said, that's, that's kind of how the primordial spirits that created the world are then turned into religious figures. Yeah, the gods, demons, Aedra, Deidre, these are the terms that the mortal races that live on Nern sort of ascribe to the Etada. And what's interesting to point out is that uh, in the Aldmeri language, the language of the High Elves, the words Aedra and Deidre mean our ancestors and not our ancestors, respectively. So that sort of describes their relationship with these higher beings. Like the Aldmer look at the Aedra and think, that's what we came from. Those are our ancestors. And they look at the Deidre and they think that's not us, that we have nothing to do with them. Uh, we are not, the, they are not our ancestors. But where does that distinction come from? Like what separates Aedra and Deidre? Well, that's what we'll get into next. So, you know, like, like the stories of the creation of Nern itself, some of the stories around the Aedra and the Deidre are a little conflicted as well. Like, again, it's all kind of open to interpretation, like any religion, really. Right, right. You can take these with a grain of salt, but when they are preaching this in the choir, they're saying that the Adra are those Etata that were giving their mortality, or sorry, their immortality to create Nern, and that some return to the void, uh, becoming a different stars or, you know, creating life on Nern, and some just completely gave up their tangible forms to be the different laws of the universe. But then the Daedra are said to still be remnants of the Etata spirits. And we're just like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. That's stupid. Some, some say that the Aedra created the mortal races, but some other people think that, you know, the first men, the first elves, the first beast folk, they just kind of wandered into Nern from other planes of existence. That's another point of contention. That's another thing that's up for interpretation. But, but suffice to say, the Daedra were, they came to be considered the anti-Aedra, like sort of the opposite. And that leads to the Aldmer seeing them as sort of the dark reflection of their ancestors, if that makes sense. So getting into this core concept we're exploring here today about how the different Aedra, Deidre, higher beings, what have you, 
are interpreted and seen differently by the mortal races. That's true even of just individual Deidric princes, because some Deidric princes are revered, they're respected, they're, they're like sort of uh, heroes, they're folk heroes to some uh, cultures on Tamriel, while others are feared and, uh, you know, rightfully so, because they are not friendly. So the Deidre kind of have their own individual personalities almost, and they're and therefore, they have different followings that crop up around them in various religious circles on Nern. Yeah, it's very interesting. Just kind of, again, it's, it's this duality, of course, mm-hmm. but the Adra are simply the Jedi, the light side, <laughs> where it's, it's very passive and it's about creation and the preservation of life. But the Daedra are very much the Sith. They're very much self-centered. There's destruction. There's very absolute emotion there's conflict it's always that you know uh, and it's always this duality that we see in a lot of different mythologies both real and video game and sure. nerd culture alike it, to, suffice to say though these differences in like how the adra are interpreted it does lead to some conflict and we'll get into a little bit of that but you know we, we kind of have an understanding of what the adra and deidre are at this point but how exactly do these different types of spirits and deities how do they fit into the daily lives of the mortals in tamriel yeah this is very interesting because you know you see the adra are more commonly referred to now and worshipped as the nine divines this is you know known in the imperial pantheon there are so many temples and churches all across tamriel Mm -hmm. and these are all divines that have some sort of domain uh there's i believe fertility there's one for like trade yeah love wisdom justice nature all those things uh heart (laughs) heart (laughs) earth water wind yeah uh (laughs) but no uh that's that's true yeah there is that 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 is the nine divines and that's the imperial pantheon and yeah they are kind of worshipped for different things like in skyrim you can go you go to the temple of mara to get married because mara is the uh kind of the, the the divine who represents the yeah, love and marriage and things like that. So that's the way the Imperials see it. And, you know, as their name implies, the Imperials kind of run the empire of Tamriel. Because <laughs> when when the majority of the Elder Scrolls games take place, there is a there is an empire that kind of unites all of Tamriel. And the the human culture at the center of the empire is the Imperials, the humans. So as as a result of the Empire having influence over Tamriel, this imperial pantheon of the nine divines is kind of known and respected throughout all of the continent. So, but the thing is, though, even though pretty much every race on Tamriel sort of acknowledges the nine divines, like they know that they're there and that they know mm-hmm. that they are worshipped, specific uh, traditions and cultural beliefs they vary. Like they, there's a lot of divergence there. So, one example is that when the empire was sort of rising in strength and sort of taking dominion over Tamriel. There were the Nords and Skyrim, another human culture. They had their own traditions, though. They stubbornly refused to revere the Imperial Pantheon for many centuries. The Empire came up into Skyrim, and they were like, hey, uh, Nords, there's these gods that you should worship. And uh, uh, the Nords were like, no thanks, bro. Uh, Keep your pamphlets to yourself. Basically, the only divine that the Nords of Skyrim respected was Talos. But they called him... The almighty Talos. (laughs) Exactly. But in, in, their ta- in their sort of hemisphere, they called him Ismir. That's sort of what 
that's sort of the, how the Nords recognized him. Like, oh, oh, you're talking about Talos? You mean Izmir? I love Izmir. I love that guy. So it's like, <laughs> it's another cultural difference. And, uh, you know, eventually the Nords sort of adopted the rest of the Imperial Pantheon, but they had to be dragged kicking and screaming to that position. So these, these things can change over time and they can be, as we touched on, a source of contention. Oh, yeah. All right, we're going to keep this sermon going, but first a quick break. So, again, the Daedra are a bit more, let's say, physical. <laughs> yeah, they, they take the direct approach. <laughs> yes, they tend to, you know, take a small, I, I guess it would be just like a cult of followers. Sure, yeah. Where they kind of bring them in, tell them to just make packs, work with them. They get these cool gifts or Daedric artifacts. So... Here's some of my favorite ones. So there's one like, I'm going to butcher the name, uh, Merunas? Merunas Merunas Dagon. Merunas Dagon. That's right. The big bad of them all. Yeah, some some Deidre are- Just having fun with it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, some aren't even having fun. They just want want to drown themselves in blood. It's crazy. Like, we touched on this earlier, but yes, Deidre are individuals. Some, like you mentioned, Bruce, they just want to sort of- They're bored. They just- they like toying with mortals and uh, either just shooting the shit with them, you know, just having conversations with them through their shrines or making those Faustian deals and, you know, deals with the devil, so to speak. And yeah, like you mentioned with da- Mayron's Dagon, he in particular has just outright malicious intentions. He's, he is basically the Deidric Prince of Destruction. That's his domain. So he just wants to see the mortal world burn and crumble. Uh, but then there are also some Deidre who are very benevolent. Uh, but the, these differences, like, you know, the differences between Deidre are reflected in their followers. For example, Mayrun's Dagon has followers. They seek destruction. They want to enable him to destroy the world. Uh, there's another Deidre prince named Hermaeus Mora. He's sort of the representative of, of knowledge. There's a Deidre prince called Meridia, and she represents sort of life in some way, but in a weird abstract where... Her followers, they worship her by destroying the undead, battling the undead. So there, there are many ways that people worship the Deidre, and that is all reflected in sort of each individual Deidre prince's personality. And one, one thing we should make clear, we're saying Deidre princes a lot, but to be clear, prince is a very nebulous term because gender obviously doesn't really apply to Deidre. <laughs> but, but yeah, suffice to say... Deidre are very interesting. Uh, they and yeah, they they interact with the world way more directly than the Eidre tend to do. But yeah, the nine divines and the Deidre princes that have cult-like followings, they tend to be. I think you touched on this earlier, Bruce. They are sort of the the, the mainstream of religious belief in Tamriel, but it, they're they're not the extent of religious activity in Tamriel. Yes, we have a number of different mythologies and religions, again, because the empire spans very far into Tamriel, and it's kind of mixed in with a lot of the Mer populations. There's not really a lot of huge diversity once you get past the Adrian Daedra, but there are still some differences. Right. One in particular is the Dunmer, uh, or Dark Elves, who completely follow their own different traditions in the form of what they would call a tribunal. And they're, they very much are almost the um, antithesis of the High Elves, where they completely diverge from 
every part of their culture and they 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 just have their own little sect there's yeah. not really anything that affects their you know mythology and theirs don't affect the outside world yeah they're kind of insular they're they're a bit isolated and, and as a result of that yeah they've always been very very independent they completely went their own way so like one way they did that probably the one of the biggest ways they did that was while humans you know particularly the imperials but also you know red guards bretons nords but also all the uh, all the mer races while they were all sort of hanging out with the Aedra and setting up the Nine Divines and that whole school of thought, you know, it was Aedra Central over there. It was all about the Aedra. But the Dunmer, they, they like like we said, they went their own way. Uh, from sort of the beginning of their history, they have a really, really long tradition of ancestor worship. That's kind of, that was their main thing for a long time. They they had Daedric worship as well, like they rejected this this idea that the Aedra are the gods and they deserve your devotion. And instead, the Dunmer turned to various Daedric princes, mostly the nicer ones. I think like uh, Azura. <laughs> Azura is a big deal in Morrowind, uh, the Dunmer home province. So yeah, some of the Daedric princes were very big focal points of Dunmer culture, but also ancestor worship, just like my great 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 grandpappy is my personal hero. He, I have a shrine to him in my house. I pray to him for guidance. That's sort of like the Dunmer uh, religion. That was what their tradition was for a long time: just Daedric worship and ancestor worship. And I really like that. You can see that in the divergent of you know this belief in the Mer being the descendants of some of the gods that helped create Nern, but in the same way that it's still they're more rooted in their own at least modern reality of just i'm just worshiping my ancestors you could say the same if you were a high elf saying that you were worshiping the nine divines oh those are my ancestors yeah it's 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 a matter of perspective but it's more connected to saying like these like literally i have like a name to go with this ancestor so as they have just kind of diverted away from at least the traditional forms of worship they do have as they explain the tribunal yeah the the dunmer sort of over time transitioned away from deidre worship and ancestor worship a little bit when what's called the tribunal formed because the tribunal were three people amalexia vivek and sothasil they were all dunmer people who it's a long story. They they be, they ascended to basically godhood, though. I think they had interacted with the heart of Lorcan. We mentioned that earlier, and they basically became the patron deities of the Dunmer people. So, like, the tribunal was this new thing. It was just we have living gods now. We can literally go and meet them in their palace. They're not just an abstract or a, a concept, and that was their new thing. So, you know, we we can tell here the Dunmer. They change their traditions, or they they diverge from the you know typical Aedra and Deidre worship a lot. That's kind of their thing. What is even more fascinating here is not just that they broke away from their own people's tradition, embraced their own. In their new mythology, they have these stories where their people, their ancestors, follow a new set of gods who have renewed themselves with the powers of the old god yeah. to create new you know heights and tiers of gods wow in so many ways 
that reflects who they are as a people. They are both independent and are so far from the traditions of the old world. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's cool. It, it, that tells you a little bit about like how paradoxical the Dunmer can be. It's they're fiercely independent people, but they also cling to traditions pretty strongly until those traditions don't serve them anymore. It's 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 crazy how adaptable they are in a way. Yeah, they're they're very um, practical yes. in a lot of different senses. Yeah, but we're we're gonna move along here to kind of our final example of the divergent belief systems that emerge from the common myths of the Aedra and Deidre. So kind of along the same vein as how the Dunmer uh, worshipped their tribunal as living gods, the Imperials, they had a similar religious institution in the form of Talos. We mentioned him earlier. They Talos was a uh, the favorite Aedra of the Nords for a long time. Yes, he don't he goes by a different name though, but the Imperial humans know Talos as Tiber Septim. That's that was his original name. Tiber Septim when he was a mortal man back when he was back in his mortal life. Yeah, he was the first emperor to rule over a unified Tamriel. And yeah, you spend his coins now. <laughs> That'll be five septums for that information. <laughs> but yeah, he his his uh the empire he founded is the empire that we now know and love as, you know, the setting for most of these games. But that's what he did in life. Uh, it's it's kind of unclear what exactly happened after he died. The the beliefs are a little scattered. Uh, no no one's really quite clear on that. But you might hear sometimes in some of the games that the nine divines are occasionally referred to as the eight plus one because Talos was the ninth divine. He was he was the sort of last one to ascend, and he joined the eight other Aedra. So that was like how the imperial pantheon became complete. But um. Not everyone was happy about the idea of a mortal man becoming a god, were they? <laughs> yeah, you can take your pick on who might be super, super pissed about that. <laughs> you got three guesses. <laughs> is it the Dunmer? No, they don't give a shit. <laughs> they don't care. <laughs> Time's up. It is the high elves. Uh, yeah. The ones who thought they were descended from gods. The Yeah, the Aldmeri Dominion flipped their shit over this They're like this dirty hairless ape is a god no no thank you i don't think that's right absolutely yeah uh you you actually see that play out uh, especially in skyrim that's kind of when that whole thing takes place because on the old elder scrolls timeline uh elder scrolls 5 skyrim takes place kind of further along it takes place like a hundred or so years after oblivion so there's a bit of a time skip and in that time the Aldmeri Dominion becomes this superpower, basically. The High Elves become a very dominant presence in Tamriel. And there's this war with the Empire. There's the Imperials versus the Aldmer, basically. And there's a it's bloody, it's pricey, but there's a truce that is signed. And one of the prices of that truce is the Aldmeri Dominion say, we're going to call a truce here, we'll end this war, but you have to outlaw the worship of Talos. You have to basically, what's the word? Disavow him as a god, which is nuts. Yeah, disavow, excommunicate. Yeah. And it it was a very contentious thing. Huge. Yeah, big time. And as we said before, the Nords kind of already had Talos, mm -hmm. it, just in a different name and in a different sense. And they were just like, mm, fuck you. That's <laughs> not 
happening. <laughs> I'm here for my boy Talos. Yeah. And it really created such a schism on top of a bunch of different socioeconomic factors. There's a lot, again, in play there. Right. But most of it was because of this huge religious schism that the Imperials had to follow. Yeah. They weren't just like, oh, yeah, cool. I fucking hate that guy. Like, right. No, they, they cared about him, too. But the, the fact of the matter was, this was to create peace. Yeah, the, the hands of the Empire were kind of tied. It was like, either we go along with this Talos worship ban, or we go back to war and we probably lose. It's, it's just amazing to me that in this way, even like the basic classification of what constitutes an Aedra, you know, which are these, these higher beings, these primordial spirits that both the humans and the elves of Tamriel have worshipped for freaking ever, for thousands of years, for eons, you know, it's like, I thought we agreed on this. I thought we were in a, I thought there was an understanding of what the Aedra were all about in that. You know, there was this one misunderstanding, like the men thought, the Imperials, the, the, the men folk, they think, oh, Talos can become one of the Aedra, right? And the elves are like, what the fuck are you smoking? No, no, he can't. And then suddenly <laughs> heads are rolling over this. It's like, it's, we, we, I think at the beginning we touched on how closely so many aspects of Elder Scrolls lore can mirror real life. And it's a sad truth that simple religious misunderstandings or just disagreements like this can lead to war and conflict and strife just like in real life it happens in these crazy out of this world video game setting it's uh it's wild yeah and i guess what i do enjoy about this kind of very diverse mythological religious pantheon is just how lived in how much more lived in this world feels there's a history to it knowing about this there's a history to it there's so many different opinions and viewpoints of things that as we can see like are very much fact right and i do wonder like even if in our world jesus were to come down and say like i am the son of god you you know how many people do you think are just gonna be like oh well i'm christian now i yeah i don't think a lot would be Hmm. and it it i think that's the most interesting takeaway i found from all of tamriel's like religious stuff is you could literally have your deity appear before you know hundreds of thousands of people yeah artifacts truly working because they are powered by that deity and there's still going to be people who are like i have my own way yeah i'm going to do this i'm going to do that yeah and the thing that makes tamriel so fascinating and interesting is its diversity and its conflict and those both kind of work in tandem with each other a very uh, yin and yang kind of thing where because it's so diverse and there's so many different ideas and so many different perspectives and so many different people from different origins and different walks of life and cultures that they have a very difficult time working together with the same ideas. Yeah. They are different people and they all have different religions, even if it's the same with Adra and Daedra. Oh, man, that, yeah, I think you summed up like our primary idea here really well. The only thing I'll add is that I just thought I, I feel the same way in the sense that 
the the world of Elder Scrolls in, in terms of religion, like we talked about here, is that there's this common understanding of the Aedra and Deidre exist because we can literally go to their shrines and whatnot and interact with them in some way. But what you see in Elder Scrolls is like, it's more of, yeah, I acknowledge that those things exist and that these Aedra and Deidre are out there, but I choose not to put my faith explicitly in them. There's a difference there because like, if I think with your Jesus analogy, if literally Jesus came to earth right now and like just revealed himself empirically to the world, you'd have people who could no longer in good faith, pardon the pun, who could no longer like honestly call themselves <laughs> atheists because they suddenly have empirical evidence of a higher power. That doesn't mean they suddenly become Christian. That just means like that could mean, oh, well, that guy's there, but that doesn't mean he's like my personal savior or anything. I'm still going to just live my life the way I was. That's kind of what the Dunmer did, I guess. It's like, it, yes. and it's almost like what the Imperials did too. Like, yeah, those other Aedra are great, but you know who's really great? The ninth Aedra, the ninth divine, Talos. He's my favorite. Like, it's just, it's kind of like putting your own spin on things that already exist. And there's, you know, like I've gotten into, I've dipped into a little bit, there's this whole discussion over belief versus knowledge. Like, you kind of know that thing's there rather than just believing in it. And then there's like that separate concept of worship. You know, it's like, do you believe in it? Do you know it's there? Do you worship it? Those are all three separate concepts. Right. Spirituality versus organized religion. Right. But yeah, like that's what made me so fascinated with this core concept of the cultures of Tamriel kind of experiencing the same thing, the Aedra and Deidre, but interpreting them so differently. Well, that about wraps it up. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us grow the show. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at lore underscore party. And check out our YouTube page for bonus videos and highlights. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.